Welcome to the Galloway and Isabel podcast. My name is Thomas Galloway. My name is Noah Galloway. How are you doing, Noah? I'm doing great, dude. Okay. And Evan is not with us today. Uh, we, we are doing an NBA preview of the playoffs, that, which start on Saturday. Uh, today is Thursday. I don't know what the date is. The 11th? Is it the 11th? Yes, it is. Okay. That's correct. Okay. So th- we, when we were planning on doing this podcast, we realized there's two ways we could do this. The first way is to act like we've watched a bunch of playoffs, a bunch of basketball this year. We haven't. We haven't. We could act like that and then just like talk about what players are going to do and stuff, make all these predictions. Or we could just admit that we have not watched any regular season basketball. All our knowledge of this season, of this playoffs, are based on past playoffs that we've watched. And the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, So basically... Like so, I'm sure basketball fans like during March Madness, we all get a little annoyed when all the fake basketball fans just come out of the woodwork right. and have all these opinions on stuff, and they really right. have no idea what's going on. And we're just like, okay, dude, okay, yeah, we're being those people right now for the NBA, for sure, dude, for sure. <laughs> we're definitely being those people. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're gonna be spitballing like crazy, dude. Yeah, we really have no idea what's going on. Um, but what we will do is the NBA playoffs are a super exciting time. Uh, we, for, for like the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years, it's always been, for of our lives, we've sat down and we've watched the playoffs. Not all right. of it, but like the, the main games, fourth quarters, and like just, it's been a really enjoyable time because unlike any other sporting event, it happens every single night. I guess hockey and, okay. <laughs> Never mind, there's hockey and there's baseball and there's a lot of sports. Yeah. Okay. A base of sports I care about. This is only this is the only thing like this where every single night there's some basketball game happening, aside from a few exceptions, and you can just kind of count on it. And you can come home, you can chill out a little bit after you work out or whatever, and watch some basketball. So what I think we should do this time is start out by going back the past few years and just doing a little reminiscing, being like going and saying to each other, telling each other which series of the past few years was our favorite. So first, we're going to do, I have the brackets from the past years up here. We're going to go to 2018. You actually, what we're going to do before all of this? What? Is announce, once again, that this podcast is brought to you by... Morning Bell Coffee Roasters. Morning Bell offers a diverse and unique selection of specialty coffees and have a direct personal relationship with their suppliers. You can visit Morning Bell at 111 Main Street in Ames, Iowa, or you can get their coffee at the Wheatfield Co-op or either Hy-Vee location in Ames. If you do not live in the Ames area, that is not a problem. You can order off their website, morningbellcoffee.com, and shipping is free anywhere in the United States if you order over two pounds of coffee. And whether you visit the actual location or order online, let them know we sent you. They like hearing about how new customers learn about their business, and it shows us and them that the sponsorship thing actually works. Okay, so first of all, I'd like to go back to last year. Uh, obviously, as many of us know, Golden State defeated Cleveland in the championship, uh, four to zero. And one series that, even without having to go through these, the one series that pops off right away to me, the series I got the most excited about was the first round: Utah and Oklahoma City. Utah the five seed, Oklahoma City the four seed. Utah one four two, and it was just I, I really do enjoy seeing anybody as insane as Russell Westbrook like discombobulate yeah. is really exciting and i just really got behind mitchell and rubio and i was really rooting for those guys what was that guy kind of looks like a fan for the jazz he has like no hair basically oh, joe ingles yeah and joe ingles 
put on a show and absolutely destroyed Paul George. Mm-hmm. And he was like taunting him and stuff, and it was it was pretty sick to watch. It's absolutely wild. I was hoping we get a rematch this year, but it really didn't happen. Um, so that's the series that really stands out from last year. Uh, the previous year, I don't know how far we're going to go back. Well, let's go with a couple more playoffs. I mean, for me, obviously, oh, yeah, the obvious one. Are you, are you waiting for your actual year, or are you just I, I'm just, just talking about, like, last year, dude. Okay, last year. So, like, obvious one for me is um, Houston and Golden State. Oh, yeah. So, Golden State was down. They were down 3-2. Three, three, and then Chris Paul gets injured, and then the Warriors come back, and then they have... And the Rockets have this like historically bad shooting night, right? In Game Seven, that was wild. And that, and that ends. That was a really frustrating game. It I was. was really hardcore rooting for Houston. I would have really enjoyed a Houston, uh, Houston, Cleveland, or Boston championship. Mm-hmm. That'd been really fun. Okay, so back to 2017. Once again, Golden State beats Cleveland in the finals. And I'm trying to remember honestly what these series I, look like. I kind of like that Boston Washington series. Oh yeah, that was like pretty much Washington's only great moments. Isaiah past, Thomas in the past, um, right? Like thirty years, um, John Wall hit that step back three at the end of Game Six, I think, to force Game Seven. Oh, okay, and then he jumps up on the <laughs> scorer's table and just goes crazy. Yeah, I and then the next year he gains a bunch of weight and tears his Achilles. So yeah. um, that was also the uh, Isaiah Thomas year. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, uh, his that mom perfect. died, and then he no, scored his like sister. fifty. Okay, <laughs> his sister okay. died, and then he scored like fifty some points the next game. That was yeah, that was pretty crazy. Okay, this ne- this previous year, I think is pretty easy for us for basically all basketball fans. I think Cleveland, Golden State, LeBron coming back from De- LeBron and Kyrie come back from down four one, probably is the greatest series I've ever watched. No doubt, yeah. Uh, the the uh, Miami Heat San Antonio is pretty close. With Ray Allen's shot in Game Six, right. but just just the magnitude of the Cleveland Golden State game, what Oops. it meant for all the teams. Golden State seventy three win season. Yeah, Cleveland, uh, LeBron gave bring the first title and all the plays they had to make. That uh, the one game where he and Kyrie each had like forty two or forty three. Yeah, they Game yeah. Five in Golden State to avoid elimination was absolutely wild. Uh, the the absolute Game Seven was insanely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the like we thought. It, I think people thought it was going to be a sweep right at right at the beginning because Golden State absolutely trounced yeah. Cleveland the first two games, and people were just like, yeah, waiting for next. It felt year. like it too. I mean, they had won seventy three games. It just felt like they were going to right. continue with that. Uh, one thing that okay, so we should mention that both of us were really hardcore rooting for LeBron. Yeah, in those especially those two series. Uh, you okay? So I kind of have this thing where. I don't really root for teams so much, and I root for players. But like, I, I can also be rooting for a player, and then a few years later, not be rooting for them as much. Right. So like, I've kind of cooled off a little bit on LeBron. Right. Like, I still really like him, but at that time, I was really rooting for him to get that one. Yeah. He'd been doing so much stuff by himself. I was just tired. I've already tired of Golden State, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy because we were talking about this too. Like individually, I like all the players in Golden State. Right. Steph's really cool. Clay is hilarious and seems yeah. awesome. And KD, I like him from the interviews that we've heard right. with Bill. But as a group, I just want them to lose so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just and, so talented. Yeah, and it's not so much that I, I guess, I don't know. I, I will say when they are in, 
in series and they get, almost get beat or really get beat or, or get beat, those are absolutely insanely good. Yeah. So yeah. the Oklahoma City series where they almost got beat but the year before KD left. And then Clay hit those 11 threes. Absolutely in game insane six. game. Uh, I think I I never like I liked the Warriors and everything. I really started to hate them. Not hate, but just like strongly dislike when when KD went there after he'd just been beaten by them. And now it just feels like completely unfair. And it's just like how could they how could they enjoy it? It's not, like it doesn't even seem like it's a challenge. Like they're just like before the year it feels like they're gonna win anyway. So. Yeah. Well when people are talking about K D leaving after this season, and they're like, why would he leave a perfect situation and stuff like that and all that? Like, they're winning championships. Mm-hmm. I completely get it. Like, it's like it's like being on a group project or something, and every, you guys, you have the five best or three best people in the class, and you, ha- you like, had the best presentation or whatever. Yeah. You're not going to feel really any reward or satisfaction mm-hmm. on that. You're supposed to. Like, I, just, I completely get why he'd want to leave and go to his own thing. And all these other guys, Kyrie and all this stuff, I get it. Like, uh, well, Kyrie's taken a little too far maybe this year. Yeah. But just when he left Cleveland or demanded out of Cleveland, I completely understand mm. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys have personality. The personalities that get you to the NBA are not going to be the same personalities that allow you to just play second fiddle, third fiddle forever. And the, the guys that can do that, like Scotty, I mean, that's a rare breed. Yeah. It really is. Clay, Clay's a perfect example. Like that dude just, just seems super chill. And if he wasn't an absolutely insanely good three-point shooter, like if he had a really working claw his way to the NBA, right. I don't think it would have happened. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just I, – I think Clay would be really fun to hang out with, but I don't see him making the NBA if he's like 6'2". Yeah. Even if he's, sure. even if he's super quick and athletic and stuff, it's just mm-hmm. like that's a different ball game when you can go from – and his dad's in the NBA and all that. Whatever. Right. Anyway, we're getting a little sidetracked. Uh, was that a bunny or a rabbit hole? Oh, dude, that was – it could be either one, dude. <laughs> yeah, it could be either one. Okay. So let's go back one more year and give the people our favorite series, and then we will uh, move on to just you know making some um, somewhat accurate predictions about what's going to happen in this playoffs. Yeah. Okay, 2015, this is the year that Golden State beats Cleveland. Uh, Kyrie and K-Love injured, as Noel loves to point out. Yeah, enormous asterisk near that <laughs> Golden State win. I just, Cleveland was able to put up two games against Golden State without two of their three best players. So I feel like Cleveland would have, would have definitely won that series. And Steph Curry wasn't playing that well that series. Mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala ended up winning the MVP. And so I just I just think that Cleveland hmm. would have definitely won. This is the year I graduated high school. Dang. Because during my – I came back from the graduation – and some, and we were having a little grad party, and some people were watching right. Houston and LA. <laughs> that was a good series. Houston was yeah. down three one, came crazy. back in one four three. Hmm. Cleveland, Chicago. Oh yeah, that was really round good. two. Chicago was up two one after the D Rose bank in yeah. three, and then LeBron made a game winner in game four to not go down three one. Yeah, fade, fade away from the corner right. two pointer. Hmm. That was a good series. Mm-hmm. Chicago, Milwaukee. That's I think the first year Giannis made the playoffs, and he shoved uh, somebody like in when the oh game yeah and got suspended for the first three games of the next year. The first, just the first game because first we game? went okay. to the second game. Ah, well, okay. This is that a really good segue. Okay. Well, I'm real quick. My favorite series that year was probably Chicago, Cleveland, just because it LeBron felt like he's going to come all the way back to Cleveland, and then. Get knocked down the second round. Right. <laughs> like, like that in pretty well. Okay. 
this is a good segue into Giannis and this year's Giannis and how insanely good, obviously, he is. So we have – Milwaukee's pretty close to us. So we have seen him – how many times have we seen him? We've seen Live. him four times. Four times, okay. And Giannis really is as impressive as you think he'd be live. Like he's just bounding yeah. around. He takes two steps and he's from the three-point line to the to the bucket. Yeah, he, he's really impressive to watch. And it really – he does like – it's rare to be able to – so the first thing I remembered – the first thing that stood out to me going to our first NBA game was like – was not really how athletic everybody was because everybody was so athletic that nobody really stood out. Mm. It was just like, okay, these guys are just a little taller than regular people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, I know that's not the case. And if you put me out there, it would really show up how athletic they were. Or yeah. if you put nine me's in like one James Harden or Chandler Parsons, right. which were some of the guys we saw in the first game we went to. But Giannis really does stand out among all those guys. It is really crazy. Like, he just... Yeah, he, he's so athletic, and he can cover so much ground. But, so, okay. The, but the one thing that I do remember is sometimes in those games, when it got a little tough, the defense really started to pick it up a little bit, yeah. he would disappear a little bit. Mm-hmm. And partly I think that's because he can't shoot very well. Right. And partly because then you take away, you do clamp down at least on some of those long step plays. Yeah, and I feel like he they crowd the lane and then he can't really beat anybody off the dribble. Right. So when people are like, Giannis playing incredible, he's he's on a whole nother level this year, which obviously he is. And then they're like, well, he's going to take up a whole nother level. Yeah. I'm like inc- I'm incredibly skeptical of that. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It when defenses really do clamp up in the playoffs, we've seen it over and over again these high flying teams in the regular season crash and burn in the playoffs. Right. And you need, um, you need, first of all, you need outside shooting from your best player. And you're not going to be able to get those two-step plays every single time. Yeah. Now, I haven't watched a whole, like we've said at the beginning, we haven't watched a whole <laughs> lot of playoffs this year. Or of, of the right, basketball season, this year, yeah. yeah. But I, I just, like, I'm just putting that out there. Like, I'm not, so, I'm not convinced yet yeah. about what he's going to do in the playoffs, what he's right. actually going to be able to do. Now, it's not going to matter in the first round. It might not matter until the conference championship, but at some point it might matter, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see who gets to the finals because it could, like Milwaukee, obviously Giannis has had his problems in the playoffs. Toronto hasn't exactly been Mm -hmm. incredible. Now, granted, none of these teams have because LeBron has been in the East for the last quite a few years. Um and then, obviously, Boston has had their problems trying to fit everyone together. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we'll see about Philly. But, it, yeah, it'll, it just, it'll just be fascinating because it could be four different teams could have a really good shot yeah. in the finals. Um, we haven't had that for a super long time. Right. Is this a good time to insert our little um, player comp for, for my, uh, Michael Jordan? Oh, for sure, dude. Okay. Yeah. So about maybe about a year ago, I had this realization. Not a realization. What I was doing, was that what I was thinking about was how some people suggest that the NBA has increased in difficulty right. and in competitiveness and certainly athleticism in the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different game now. Completely. So I was wondering if, you know, we're having this whole LeBron-Jordan argument. If you were really making a super strong LeBron argument and you're basically basing it on beyond all their differences as athletes... 
the main thing being it's just a different sport, basically, right. than it was in the 90s. And there is some pretty like good Twitter videos of this. <laughs> <laughs> but what I had this thought like, okay, Michael Jordan didn't really shoot threes a whole lot. Yeah. He was a mid-range guy. He was super athletic. He was a very good athletic mid-range shooter who could really finish well yeah. around the rim and got to and the line a lot. Back at that time, basically, like I read that Malone, Carl Malone, and Jordan, they they were basically the only guys to lift waist, uh, lift weights. Right. And so I thought, okay, what's a guy in the NBA right now who basically does that? And I thought about Demar Derozan, right? Who's a really good player, mm-hmm. but is definitely not one of the top guys. Yeah. And you certainly would never consider him to be anywhere in the top five in the league at any point in his career and definitely not the best of a generation of all time right so what if michael jordan (laughs) is a more intense demar Derozan? what if yeah it's possible i'm just saying yeah yeah i don't know i don't know for sure like any like everybody else i have no idea but it's entirely possible that Michael Jordan is basically DeMar Rosen with definitely a little more intensity. DeMar seems seems kind of chill, kind of apathetic at times. But, and people might say, people's first, I'm sure people, if they're listening still, they'd be like, oh, come on, come on, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah. But you have to at least consider it. Right. Because if the NBA has really gotten as much more athletic as people as it seems, like it really does seem like that. If you go back and watch some of the old footage, they're on YouTube. You can yeah. watch full if, Michael Jordan games in the finals. And if you're like my age and we've like I've never seen '90s basketball, like when I, I went back and watched a full game, and I was just like shocked by how much it felt like you're watching college basketball. Like it just felt like <laughs> right. such a lower level of play. Like you go you watch the games and there's the big guys are like chunky and just kind of like doughy. Like they're right. and then the little yeah. guys. They're just like those wire, wire little like yeah. college type point guards or even high school type point guards. Right. Like it just these guys are not near the athletes. And like when I watch like some of Michael Jordan's shots, like he'll come around screens and get these wide open, flat footed, go straight up in the air, right. and like they're wide open shots. And then sometimes he'll just like blow by someone, and it's just like I don't see how Demar Derozan couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, the closeout speed these days is so much better. Right. Like, look at the shots J.J. Redick has to shoot. Like, I understand he's just a shooter, but right. still, he's, like, nose-diving every time mm-hmm. he shoots the ball. Like, he, yeah. he's going in a completely... He's definitely not going straight up and down. <laughs> like, yeah. he's flying in a certain direction to get these shots off. And so, basically, I'm sure there's a lot of people, at least the generation above us, who just consider this to be complete nonsense. Yeah. Okay, so here's the problem. What this does, saying things like this, is it introduces... The possibility you're never going to be, be able to make any definitive opinions on who's better than who from right. generation to generation. Yeah. Because if you basically say, oh my goodness, the guy, the 18th best player in the league might be better than the best player in the 90s. Yeah. Or if you say they're someone equivalent, you're basically, I mean, first of all, we know how that stuff would go down with previous generations. Right. And even in a future generation, if somebody said that the 18th best player in the league was better than LeBron, I'd be like, all right, get out of here, bro. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah, it's it just makes it less fun. Like right. if we're basically going to have this thing where future generations are just like uh, so far ahead of these the current generation, we're not going to be able to compare players without. It's just not going to be fun. Right. And so I think that's a lot of it. Is it's just like okay, we just, it's just we're over. This game's over. Right, right. Um, but 
It's something to think about, and I do think there's probably something to it. Like, it's definitely possible. Definitely. It's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just go through these, the, the playoff matchups for this coming season, one by one. Uh, starting in the East, we have 1v8 Milwaukee and Detroit. Okay, fine. Actually, no, not fine. That's going to suck. Yeah. Because Blake may, I don't know if Blake is playing or not. He has really? some, yeah, I saw something about his knee. I don't know. I mean, it's he might go. right there. That's not going to be fun. Um, Boston, Indiana. That could be interesting, especially yeah, if you have, like, if Indiana somehow gets up 2-1. Right. Boston getting home court's big because then they're probably going to get two out of the first three, and then we're not really going to have these kind of if, – if Indiana can somehow steal two of the first three, yeah, we might have an actual uh, – uh, we might have something there. Right. Uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, three versus six, and Toronto and Orlando, two versus seven. What series are you most excited for, Noah? In those four you mentioned? Yeah, in the East. Probably Philly-Brooklyn. Definitely. Because Brooklyn has, I feel like, a tendency to get hot, and you don't you don't know what you're going to get out of Russell. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be crazy good. And um, Philly, I think, has a tendency to be inconsistent at times. Mm-hmm. And I and it's like it's tough for them because they they have they're trying to fit so many pieces together with Butler, right. Embiid, Simmons, all those guys. It's gonna be tough to like work it around like that. I literally have watched no minutes of Brooklyn this year, <laughs> but I'm very excited to watch yeah, D'Angelo Russell. For sure, I really enjoyed watching him in college. And that's the last time I've watched mm-hmm. him. And from I mean, it sounds like he's balling out. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And then, yeah, Philly's fun to watch as well. And that series should be interesting. Right. None of the other ones really interest me unless Indiana, like we said, can somehow get up a little bit mm-hmm. on Boston. Okay. Uh, in the West, Golden State, Los Angeles Clippers, one versus eight. Okay. Um, Houston, Utah, four v. five. Portland, Oklahoma City, three versus six. And Denver versus San Antonio, two and seven. Okay. This one's tough. I well, okay. Golden State series is probably not worth watching. Denver and San Antonio, I have no idea. And then I was really hoping we'd get Houston, Oklahoma City, right? Because I thought that'd be fun. But Houston, Utah is fine. I actually, I also wanted Utah, Portland, because I want Utah to move on. And I think Portland. I mean, I feel pretty confident Portland would be easier to beat than Houston. Right. Especially um, with the Nurkic injury. Yeah. Okay, so I would say I'm most excited for Houston and Utah. I really like watching Utah. They were, right. That was my favorite series last year. And then, I mean, Houston's not necessarily fun to watch, but, yeah. uh, I mean, Harden, is, it's interesting to see how he goes about things. Right. I can see, I can see a really possible path for OKC to get to the conference finals. Definitely. Because Denver, they haven't proven anything right. in the playoffs. They seem to be possibly a regular season team. I haven't watched any of them this year. <laughs> but. Well, there are certain... Okay, so we know from past experience watching the NBA, there's a certain type of team that can win in the regular season but not in the playoffs. Right. The ultimate example is the Atlanta team from 2014-2015. They had they got the one seed. They had an awesome record. Yeah. They eventually lost to Cleveland in the conference finals, which we mm. were at one of those. Right. Games. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, 
and Atlanta had a really good team. I believe they had, okay, so they had Horford, Millsap, Corver, Teague. And, and a pretty, the um, Croft, Cro- no. Well, Tabo was there. No, it was the guy who went to Toronto. The, um, oh, yeah. The dry, dry um, yeah, he has dry guy. I forget his name. Uh, Murray. Wait, wait, right? It's not Jay Crawford. Or it's not um, no, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. DeMar- it's the other guy. Uh, Carroll. DeMar Carroll. DeMar Carroll. Yeah. Okay. And didn't those guys all make the All-Star game? Yeah, they had five All-Stars. That was weird. Yeah. So basically, they had five really good guys, which makes you really good in the regular season because anybody can get hot on a given night. Right. You play pretty good team defense. You have good coach and Budenholzer. Yeah, and if one guy, around yeah, and if one guy has to sit out for a rest, like it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter at all. And but those teams don't succeed in the playoffs because in the playoffs is a totally different thing. You don't really need five really good guys. You need one or two really good guys. Yeah. And especially one guy who can go get baskets in the last five minutes of a game. Yeah. And that's why over and over again you see the teams that move on are the teams with the best player in the series. Right. Uh, the only only example I can think of when five guys who are all pretty good win the finals is Detroit beating L.A. with like yeah. Billups, Sheed, Hamilton. This, but like that's the only only time I can remember honestly. Yeah. And they still had a lot of good. Those guys could all go one on one. Right. Really well. And I remember Atlanta was relying on Teague. Yeah. A lot. He's just trying to dance with Tristan Thompson on the screen. Yeah. And it worked occasionally, but that yeah. can't be your only offense. And then, so another team like that, my, Indiana this year, right? You can be pretty solid in the regular season, even though they lost all the depot. They're still a very solid team, um, and they'll they'll do well. The basically, all the Thibodeau Bulls teams when right. Rose was injured, mm-hmm. same example, same story. You can still make the playoffs with those teams, right? But you're gonna have a really tough time winning. So we're talking about Denver. Yeah, Denver is a team. I don't. I don't think they're really like that team, like those no. teams. But it's certainly possible. Like yeah. winning a regular season does not equal playoff success by any means. Yeah, their best player is Jokic, and he. I don't know if he can take a guy one on one at the end of the game. Right. But um, especially not like some wing guy like Kawhi or KD or yeah. Paul George. And then the experience aspect of it, where. So if you look at this team, we have Oklahoma City has playoff winning experience with George and Russell. Uh, San Antonio, obviously, but they're probably not good enough to matter. Yeah. Houston, kind of, and then Golden State, obviously. So, Yeah, an OKC Golden State conference final could be very plausible. That would be fun. Even though OKC is a six seed, which is crazy. Yeah, those teams are all really tight. Yeah, I think ultimately, uh, okay, here we go. There was a nine-game difference between Golden State and L.A. from one to eight. If you compare that, that's so seven-game difference. What did I say, seven? Yeah, something like that. Or I said, oh, no, I said nine because it's nine. <laughs> okay. Nine-game difference between one and eight in the West. In the East, 19-game difference. Wow. So that's, that's obviously crazy. a lot. So there's a lot of... You know, much higher discrepancy between the Bucks and the Pistons than the Warriors and the Clippers. Right. And that probably is going to matter. Okay. Um, do we have anything else to talk about before this last question? Can't think of anything. Okay. We're going to be about 30 minutes. That's, right, good. that's good. Yeah. Especially for NBA preview. Right. The playoff preview when we haven't yeah. watched anything yet. Okay. My last question is for us to talk about why the NBA playoffs are better than March Madness. Now, 
I actually didn't really think about this. Well, okay, I believe the playoffs are better than March Madness, but I didn't really think about this question before I tossed it up here and just started recording. But first of all, the quality of play is just is really on a whole nother level. Right. And the main knock on the NBA compared to college is that the NBA doesn't have the same atmosphere that college does. And that's a harm century. Right. In the regular season, I would much prefer watching a big uh, ESPN college game than a TNT NBA game. Absolutely. I watch I watch quite a bit of college basketball. Like I have it up, and I'll be doing homework or something. Right. But in the NBA playoffs, that difference is negligible. Like it, the the NBA playoffs um, experience, uh, the atmosphere is equivalent, if not better. Right. And so that's kind of out the window. Then you have, first of all, the postseason itself. For the NBA, you have every single night. Yeah. Practically every single night for two months. Right. College, three weekends, two extended weekends. You know, it's, it's nice and intense what's happening. Yeah. But then whatever. Also, now, the, the last couple weekends of the March Madness were really fun. Right. And it kind of saved, like, I don't know if it's saved. Well, not saved. That's a little extreme. But for my thoughts, I was like, okay, the first two weekends absolutely sucked. Or the first weekend yeah, the sucked. Yeah, first weekend, yeah. And, that, and then there's like, you watch these games, and there's just like so much fumbling the ball around, turn the ball over, and just yeah. like people diving for loose balls. And like, okay, you know, great effort, but I don't want to watch this over and over again. Right. And these, these players are not that good offensively. Mm-hmm. A lot of these games are just kind of like, people are just battling it out. just kind of kind of a grinded out game. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of skilled basketball happening out there. Right, and then, and then the um, second weekend happened, and that Purdue Virginia game where Carson Edwards went off, right. which is bombing 40, threes. 40 and some. people were like, "College basketball is back. College basketball is great." And I was like, "The reason that game was great was it because because it was an NBA game." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the reason NBA is great is because you have people making shots like Carson Edwards was making. Right. These bombing, these insane shots, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, what is happening?" Yeah, and guy was answering him. Like, yeah. And um, that other guy was too. Uh, yeah, eleven drone. Eleven. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, of course the college game was great because it happened to be an NBA game for mm-hmm. once. Like it was right. a one NBA game in a midst of a bunch of college games. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. okay, well, point kind of proven there. It's not like the college basketball is better than the NBA now. It just is the NBA for one yeah. night. Um. But uh, so the NBA is like that all the time. That's all you're getting right. and a bunch of stuff like that. It's also much more it's smooth. They do much better job spacing you rarely have situation in nba where you're like what on earth is coach doing like this is absolutely this is so dumb in college it happens quite a bit i'm like boy especially the last two minutes of games like why did they not call time out there like why are they putting this guy on the ball like you just have all these questions right and in the nba you just have less of that it's just a better product yeah it really is like in the playoffs regular season is a whole different thing i'm talking about postseason versus postseason here Right. It's a completely different product. I only think it's a debate, but obviously there's a million people out there who disagree. Yeah. And I do, I get that March Madness is a fun, like super intense four days, super intense four days, right. super intense two days. And then it's like, it's over. It's like, yeah, like that's just really fun. You can hang right. out. Like nobody's getting together and saying like, oh, it's the middle of the third week of the NBA playoffs. Let's get everybody together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I get it. I get it. It's more of an event <coughs> for March Madness, but... That is, that's if you're gonna objectively evaluate the product, that's not how you should right. do it. Okay. Also, this is just real quick while we're talking about this uh, college. I came to the conclusion, at least in my this is how I think about it, as far as athletes getting compensated. Yeah. 
I understand that a salary is not really feasible because then you say, okay, we're paying the basketball players how we play the lacrosse players and all that stuff. Right. So you can't really have a set salary. But what you can do, and the Kyle guy and his fiance not being able to get wedding gifts or the registry or whatever, yeah. that kind of highlighted it, all the insane rules the NCAA has. Right. So first of all, the, the quick few steps to getting athletes compensated in some way that would not make you have to pay all kinds of athletes is allow athletes to do commercials and advertisements and get endorsements and all that. Yeah, and it's like it scales it perfectly because right. the best players make the most money, and then it yeah. just like goes down from the, there. The the main reason people are upset about this is because players are bringing in so much money to universities and not right. getting compensated in any way, besides their scholarship. Mm-hmm. But that takes care of that problem in a proportionate way. Yeah, like you said. The players who are bringing money for the college are going to be the ones getting the endorsements, and so it is going to yeah, be. Yeah, and they can sell their jerseys, yeah. sell their autographs. Exactly. And so those are those are things. Get rid of the rules that don't allow players to sell signed uh, memorabilia. Yeah. And allow them to you know do whatever they want with that stuff. Like you you play you play in these jerseys, let them sign them and sell them. Who cares? Like, yeah. Really. And then and then you don't have the problem where some guy from a poverty-stricken area mm-hmm. has to go to the NBA because he wants to make money for his family, who's, right. like, obviously very poor. But um, then and then you have then you don't have players who are not ready for the NBA going to the NBA before they're ready, and then they can, um, they can just get better, get ready for the NBA. And then also at the same time, the college basketball experience is better when you have Zion Williamson, who could play like, a couple of years or whatever. But um, and then the NBA is full of like more mature guys in general. If you have that rule, yeah, yeah. So that would be a quick step to fixing some of this compensation issues. And it's not even really putting anything in place because another thing I thought about was like, okay, I get that this is unfair for the athletes in a way, but that doesn't automatically re- mean that the NCAA is responsible for setting up a con- compensation plan. Right. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah, like, yeah. just because something is unfair doesn't automatically make the people in charge of the unfair situation responsible. Yeah. And now, they can do some stuff, but they shouldn't have to all of a sudden go all out. You should hold the NBA responsible for putting this rule in play. Right. And you should say, you guys have a a straight-up minor league just sitting there yeah. that you can do something with, but you choose not exactly. to. Exactly. You haven't put the funds together to make to get play, players paid more than $50,000 a year yeah, or whatever, whatever it is. And so they could fix that by doing that real quick. So the NCAA isn't responsible for doing a salary thing, in my opinion. But they are, and they're not responsible, I guess, but what they should do is get rid of some of these stupid rules. Right. I mean, like, that would be super quick and easy. I don't really know what the counter-argument to that is. There probably is one out there, but that seems pretty logical. It seems like a good step to me. Right. So um, I don't know. But it, w- it really was a good March Madness. The last it two was. weeks were really fun. Yeah. The first week sucked, but the last two weeks were incredible. Some great Final Four games. Mm-hmm. The championship was great. Um, the There were so many big shots in the championship game that I, like, forgot them. Right. The next day, I like, nothing really stood on my head the next day. Yeah. Because I was like, uh, there's just so many big things that happened last night. Yeah, because Mooney hit a three to put him up by one, I think. And then he did yeah. that weird when he was trapped, and then he stepped, did a step back shot, and it like bounced around the yeah. rim a while. And then they were up by three, and then Virginia just went on a tear, and then they ended up winning by like eight. Yeah. They also made like 14 or 14 free throws in overtime. 
Yeah. Or made 14 straight, 11-11 in overtime, which is insane. Right. It's absolutely absurd. That's really impressive. Well, we have about 35 minutes on the clock here. Uh, I think it's good. You yeah. have anything else? Nope. I think we're All good. Right. Well, uh, we'll try to do this NBA. Well, this is a preview. We'll try to do weekly episodes about the NBA. Make an effort. Right. So, like, next week at a good stopping point in the – We'll just like talk about the first week of action or something. For sure. And try to keep that up. All right. Have a good night, everyone.